How we doing, traders? And welcome to the SPACs attack. Let's get it. How we doing, traders? Welcome and welcome to the SPACs Attack, where we talk about everything SPACs. And if you like SPACs, let, hey, do me a favor. Go ahead, reach on down there, hit the like button right down, hit the share, let everyone know. We're talking about Kathy Woods today. You know, one thing that we've been noticing is she has been dipping her toes in these SPACs and keeping it on the low. So we're going to go ahead and attack it, bring some watch lists, bring some of the SPACs that we've seen her buy, and also maybe some potentials that we think that she could be getting into. Uh, one thing that I will uh, stress is that she does focus on certain trends, and we're going to be working on those also. So let's go ahead and bring in my man, the brains of the show, working hard like always, Chris Ketchum. Look at that. I muted you. <laughs> What's up, Chris? Hey, how we doing? Hey, another day in paradise, man. And, and looking at my portfolio. And, you know, one thing I can say is that even though my portfolio hasn't bounced as fast as I thought it would bounce, one thing I will say is the comfort level is okay, guys. I know a lot of people are worried about SPACs and, and worried if this is just speculation. To me, this is the perfect moment because I look at my portfolio and when I go down, I go down maybe 2 3%. But if I get some of these names to start coming out and start getting these rumors to come out, then I could easily see myself in the 40 to 50% green. And so to me, risking about 3 to 4% on the account I can do that all day, every day. Um, now, one thing I can't do is risk about, let's say, 30% in a day. That's something that I never do. So definitely, I'm just watching my account, watching how it goes up with the market, watching how it comes down with the market. When it's come down, I've been close to the 4 to 5%. Don't really want to get over that 5%. But really, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the upswings, and the upswings would get me above let's say 20 to 30 to 40% in the, in the green. So that's what I'm going to keep my eyes out. What's up with you, Chris? How, how's the portfolio looking and, and how are you feeling today? You know, I'm seeing a lot of green uh, in the portfolio, you know, so that's always a good thing. Um, a lot of these SPACs, you know, moving up again um, with this market, you know, bouncing back some of the high tech, high growth names, and then also SPACs, you know, that got hit last week. Um, you know, starting to come back. So as we said last week, you know, there could be some buying opportunities, you know, with, with some of these dips, but always, you know, make sure you know your own risk reward potential, um, you know, and it's never a bad idea to take some profits and also to keep some cash on the sidelines for, you know, a time like we saw last week. So, you know, definitely keep an eye out there. Yep. And wouldn't you know it too? Oh, that I kind of mentioned for you guys. I wanted to get you guys to keep your eyes on these. Um, and RSI up today about 5%. GNOG up about 6.8%. Keep an eye on those. You know, I, I really like those plays long term. The real key is always getting these off of support. And when you can do that, you're going to give yourself a potential to get back in. We pointed out the 14 area in GNOG. We also pointed out the RSI level that we, we saw the bounce come right off of kind of this $16 level also. And and really, we, we, were, we said it, if it could get in between 15 and 14, it would look really nice. And that's exactly what happened for two days. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on these RSI. You got GNOG. Now we do have some earnings, right? Yep, RSI is reporting tonight after close. So, you know, that could be real interesting to hear, you know, how sports betting and iGaming is going for Rush Street. Um, you know, they did start operations in a couple states within the last couple quarters. So, you know, it, some of the numbers will be telling and also some of the commentary 
that they talk about, you know, what's going on in the in the current quarter. So not necessarily just the one they're reporting, but what's happening now? What can we expect in the future? So I know I'll be tuned in for RSI later tonight. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and let's keep going through here. Let's let's get into some headlines. Check out what you got for us, Chris. Let's peel back those curtains and head behind the hotline. All right, guys. Yeah, so not a ton of headlines today. And also, I'm not seeing any new deal announcements out there, you know, so a change of pace here. Um, Taking a look at the headlines that we do have. So we have CLA, that merger was approved with Ouster. New ticker will be O-U-S-T. Shares were up 2% yesterday. So keep an eye out on CLA and O-U-S-T. As we've seen with lots of these SPACs on deal announcement, uh, you know, and heading into that vote, they do have a tendency to sell off when the vote goes through. So keep an eye out on that chart, uh, new ticker O-U-S-T. We have Tattooed Chefs, so TTCF, um, they will be reporting earnings tonight, but the other headline for them today was they have an announcement out that they have six new plant-powered products that will be available nationwide in Target stores beginning March 15th. Um, You know, so we may get some more color on that with their earnings report, but otherwise, you know, that again, that's a huge deal. Tattooed Chef has products in Target. They have products in some of the big box stores like uh, Costco. Um, You know, they spent some money on marketing over the last couple quarters to really, you know, boost their own branded products. And they also launched that e-commerce platform. So again, they report earnings tonight, but that Target nationwide rollout, you know, will hit in the next quarter as well. We have XL, so XL Fleet. Um, You know, we talked about this one before. They have been the target of a short report from Muddy Waters. So Muddy Waters out again today, continuing that attack, talking about how XL is not able to renew, you know, most of their contracts with existing customers. Um, You know, a lot of fake technology and just not a lot there. Um, And then Muddy Waters was supposed to have a CNBC appearance as well today to really dive into the XL Fleet story and saying that XL Fleet in their response to the short report really didn't clarify, you know, what was true and what was false. So, uh, you know, I I do not have a position in XL. I'm on the sidelines here, but keep an eye on this one, you know, as the short report looks like it continues to go on and on right now. We have RPLA, that's Replay Acquisition Corp. So merging with Finance of America, they announced today uh, a reverse unit to launch Equity Avail, a new mortgage product in April. We, of course, had Patty Cook on, the CEO of Finance of America. You know, this is not just a mortgage company, but they're also in several other financial areas. So keep an eye on RPLA, trading right around that net asset value going into the vote date. Um, So keep an eye out there on your watch list. We have FRXB, uh, that's the second um, SPAC from Shaquille O'Neal and those three Disney executives. So again, that first SPAC, FRX, uh, which I own shares of, merging with Beachbody and MyX Fitness. This is the second SPAC from that group, so it'll trade as FRXBU today in units. Um, I know I'll be looking at it, again, three former Disney executives, you have Shaquille O'Neal, Um, You know, it's the strong team. I was in FRX before they announced that deal. Um, So I'll be looking at this one. We got a new announcement of a new SPAC from Virgin Group. So Richard Branson, of course, um, that new ticker will be VIII. That first SPAC from Virgin Group, VGAC, remember, announced their deal with 23andMe. Um, You know, the at-home DNA uh, genomics testing. Uh, But there was some rumors, of course, that Virgin Group could, you know, take Virgin Orbit or another Virgin Group company public. So with this, you know, new SPAC from Virgin Group, and they also have a second SPAC out there, maybe one of those other ones, you know, gets a run instead. We have Grab, which is a food delivery and payments company in Asia, headquartered in Singapore. They are in talks to go public, and they have said that they are exploring um, a SPAC. 
So, you know, maybe we dive into the list a little bit and we look at some of those stats that are targeting, you know, overseas in the Asia market in particular, because Grab is a very well-known, you know, delivery and payments company over there. So this one could be an exciting deal um, if we get an announcement or if we get, you know, some rumors and which tickers. Our other rumor we have from Bloomberg, we have ticker DFNS. Um, that cybersecurity company IronNet is in talks to go public with this SPAC. Um, you know, it's a defense-oriented SPAC and cybersecurity company as the target here. So keep an eye out on that one. We talked, you know, how most SPACs were seeing a lot more green today. We saw a lot more green yesterday. So a statistic I saw online um, from SPACHero.com was that yesterday SPACs were up an average of 3%. Um, the mover section, I mean, when was the last time that we talked about all the movers being up over 10%? So we had TSIA up 13%, VIH up 11%, ACTC up 11%, CCIV up 11%, which I do own shares in, and TPGY up 10%. So, you know, five SPACs up 10% or more yesterday to top that list. And then MOTN, which was our deal announcement yesterday with Ambulance, uh, up 1% on the day. The other spec that I want to highlight in headlines today is IPOE. So IPOE is bringing SoFi public. Again, this is a Chamath Polyhoptia um, spec. We talked about it you know, on that deal announcement. But big news yesterday, they announced that they're acquiring Golden Pacific Bank. Uh, paying $22.3 million. This is a California community bank. They're going to keep Golden Pacific Bank Corps as a division of SoFi with its physical footprint of three existing physical branches. And they're going to use this to help, you know, pursue that national bank charter. And having a national bank charter will allow the company to accept deposits and also make loans using its member deposits rather than the high cost of loan offerings as a non-bank. So again, this is this was part of SoFi going public. They talked about going after that national bank charter. And here you have them, you know, making that acquisition to really pursue that route. Uh, it's going to, you know, help them with lower cost offerings and also offer more services to their customers. So, you know, keep an eye out on IPOE. I know it was up yesterday, but that that deal is just, it, it's huge for them in that pursuit. And then of course, we don't just talk SPACs, we also talk IPOs. We have the Roblox IPO today. That's ticker RBLX. Um, you know, we were able to talk to Will Hershey from Round Hill Investments not too long ago, and he shared his thoughts on Roblox with us. You know, again, huge, huge universe of users, huge growth. Um, you know, it's a direct listing, so we don't have a price set yet. But keep an eye out on this one today. Um, I'll be sitting out on the sidelines looking for, you know, where the bounce comes as I think this thing, you know, will take off right away. Um, but we'll follow along, you know, uh, when we get more news on that one as well. And then turning to our calendar Tomorrow, we have a vote date of IPV with uh, Ava, a LIDAR company. And then, as I said, and uh, Mitch also said, we have some earnings coming up tonight. So RSI, Rush Street Interactive, uh, Tattooed Chef, which I said. And then the other one reporting tonight is Skills, SKLZ. Um, so, you know, three former SPACs, uh, you know, all have had decent returns out there, all reporting earnings tonight after close. So, you know, I'll be working on an article on those and we'll have some highlights for you on tomorrow's show. So that's what I've got for, you know, headlines today, Mitch. Well, 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 man, uh, I just saw some news that kind of excite me. So I'm going to bring it to the bring it to the team here. Um, full disclosure, before I even get to the news, guys, I am long genius brands. Um, I, I put it on my Twitter a couple of days ago. I just feel that this one can get some hype and start moving. Why am I bringing up Genius Brands? I'm sure everyone's already hitting the comments up right now, and it's because of this, guys. So right now, I just saw the release. Um, it was released at 11.09 on Benzinga. It looks like 
Genius Brands are spiking higher right now. An announcement of Roadblock deal for the show on Cartoon Net, uh, the Cartoon Channel. So it looks like they got a deal with Roadblocks. I'm gonna have to go a little bit in deeper in, into the press release because it literally just came out. But this was kind of the thing that I was looking for, Chris. So I mean, uh, I, I gotta. I got to tell myself to, to, this is when you got to tell yourself to hold on tight because uh, I'm sitting up about 30% now, guys. And usually I can tell you guys right now, 30% to me is a take off the table kind of trade. But in this, in this approach, I was looking for a bigger move. So um, right now, Roblox is looking like it's going to open up somewhere between, it's looking like 60 or 72. Um, it looks like it was originally priced, I think, in the 50s, but uh you know i gotta be careful you know we've talked about this with ipos in the moment they come out day one is the highest volume but usually it's all about price discovery so you don't really know where the price is gonna go to if it's gonna head up if it's gonna head right back down so definitely just be careful guys um a lot of people are going to be watching this one when it opens up i do like it the story in the long run uh, I'm sure Chris would agree too. Also, long run story, it's looking good. But some of the plays that I would look to see and how they react today to to kind of keep an eye on roadblocks is look at Glue, you know, Glue Mobile. Um, we had the we had the boardman on yesterday. We should have should have messed with him about it, but we we had a lot to talk about DMYI. So um, another one we could talk about is Zynga. Zynga, I would keep an eye on it because what I would want these to do is actually start moving up. But you actually see that there, there's a drop in the sector right now in media, streaming, and gaming sectors. So just be careful. You know, If there's a drop in those sectors, what's to say Roblox is going to go straight up today? And so I'm just trying to put this out there. Not saying that you can't trade it. Just be careful out there. Every time there's a new IPO, it's very, very difficult to trade. I can tell you I've tried to day trade these. And they don't even go with technicals, at least from what I've seen in my in my uh, time and experience in the market. It's not like you can just be like, oh, well, here's the support. Well, the price just started. How do you know there's really support there? Support isn't done by just price. It's done by volume profiling and understanding the certain amount of volume that's at a certain price level, guys. So, hey, we'll see what happens with these. But Roblox, we'll see. We'll see. Chris, what do, what do you think in long term? You a bull? Yeah, you know, so I, I, I do have some boys who love to play Roblox. Um, <laughs> you know, so I've, I've seen it firsthand. Got right? some bias and, right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, the thing is massive. And the, the thing that I like about it, and when, when Will was on too, I know he talked on this, was that, that you can create games within Roblox, right? So it also has some units uh, similar to like uh, – uh, Unity, right? So Unity went public, ticker U, where they help, you know, make games. So Roblox has a platform that allows its users to become developers, create games within the game that they can monetize. And, and that's huge because what does it do? It creates more revenue and it also keeps your users engaged. It keeps your users engaged as developers and it keeps them engaged, you know, as, as players and they spend more money and, you know, to me, that that's huge. And full disclosure, I also own shares of Genius, G-N-U-S. That, that news with Roblox, you know, obviously, uh, perfect timing, right? I mean, the day of Roblox IPO, and, and they're out with that announcement that, you know, they're, they're going to get some content on that cartoon channel. Um, you know, keep an eye out on G-N-U-S as we trade throughout the day. But again, as, as Mitch said, IPOs, you know, they, they trade all over the place. You know, I, I know I know Mitch is the, the chart expert on our show here. Um, to me, you know, it, it's the, the long-term story of Roblox, but the, the short-term is today. We're going to see, you know, massive amount of people looking at this stock wanting to get shares. And for that reason, I think I'll probably end up passing on it today. That old, uh, hey, music Chris, uh, there we go. all I can say is uh, I'll pull up the genius chart here. And, yeah. And, and that's all I can say is uh, I got to I gotta hold my hands. The paper hands got to become solid. The diamonds need to come out. <laughs> and I need to just let this one go because uh, that's the way I was looking at it in the trade, guys. 
Uh, I was looking for a a 5X, a 10X. Um, I think I put on my Twitter, I was either going to look like a genius or I'm sorry to say, but an anus. <laughs> and it's looking like I'm a genius today, but hey, we'll see how long that lasts. Like always, you're never right 100% of the time. So always, always stick to the plan. I need to just look at my plan and, and let it work now. All right, guys, let's get into some specs. Let's get into the watch list and see what we got out there. Let's see what's moving. I see a couple over 10%, so definitely want to get to this watch list. We haven't done it in a while, so let's go ahead and knock it out. Every time in the heat of the night. I love that song. I'm not even gonna lie. I jam to it on the weekends. Um, but let's let, let's get into some of these specs. All right. So we got Fisker, guys. Fisker doing a little bounce there. One of the things that I'd mentioned about Fisker is that it did get a buy rating, right, Chris? Yep. And then the other thing with Fisker is Henrik Fisker, CEO, out with some tweets again. You know, you know it's important to follow some of these people on Twitter. Um, looks like they passed 14,000 reservations. And then he also had some pictures out of maybe that next prototype vehicle that they're working on with Foxconn. Um, you know, so again, I, I, I'm not surprised to see it up, but I am surprised to see it up 10% because it wasn't, you know, a ton of news out there. But this thing has been, you know, just keeping the momentum going. And full disclosure, I do own shares of Fisker. This was one of my top picks for 2021 um, for former SPACs. So, you know, keep an eye on this one. They have an exciting 2021 ahead and possibly an even more exciting 2022 with the launch of that vehicle. Yeah, one that I I, I was pointing it out during the sleepy times in January and in early February. One that I got stopped out in, but definitely looking back and would have wished that I would have stuck around in this one. But one thing I definitely say is look for stocks that do this sleepy period type. Um, I'll tell you why, guys, because what ends up happening is you've you've gotten this drive, right? And so what ends up happening in, in periods of sideways consolidation is called really price discovery right there. You're 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 figuring out where the bulls and the and the bears really lie. Um every time it broke 15, people got a little worried, but this one recovered every time. And then really what ended up happening was we needed a catalyst to make it move. And we got that catalyst when it started coming on, you know, Kramer and bouncing up here and starting to get a drive. It pulled back and then quickly right back into there. When you get those volume breakouts, that's when you really get the stock to move. And so right here on this pullback day, you got about 16 million shares traded, then 87 million, then 111 million shares traded. What ends up happening, guys, is that's a, such a strong drive up that when we get this pullback, we should hold towards some resistance. And so if you look at the H, the, the horizontal line, somewhere between this high, you, you see how it's kind of held that high right there. And that's kind of the things that you want to see, especially like let's say if you got in somewhere near this 15 and you saw it get up there to 30s, thought you were going to sell. But then it came back towards 2022 and now it's time to determine, hey, am I going to hold towards this high again or am I looking for this stock to kind of just sell out here and take the profits? One thing I would say is if, as long as it can hold this high and keep closing above this, it's looking good on a bullish side. All right, let's keep going. Next one, CIIC. Guys, this is one I wanted. I was thinking about it. It was pulling back, but... You know how I am, guys, in SPACs. It's very hard for me to get into any SPAC over that pricing of 1050. And really, I don't get into anything over 11 or 12s. So, um, right here, guys, this is CIIC. We had them on, you know, uh, I think about like two or three weeks ago, right, Chris? Yep. And yep. so, one this thing I'm noticing with this. Yep. Yeah, Arrival. And one thing I'm noticing Arrival is that they've been talking a lot about their UK bus system, guys. So keep an eye on that. I've been seeing multiple posts. I've shared them on our Twitter just so you guys can get access to it. But like always, guys, keep an eye on it. You know, that's that's something that we're definitely following. And, and we're going to see how kind of that bus industry develops. So right now, it looks like they're doing some testing in the UK. So keep an eye on it. Maybe they actually start, you know, just jumping on the technology. And one thing to mention is I, what I like about CIIC 
is the international footprint, not just uh, we're just talking about something that's located here in the United States. I think that definitely benefits them in the long run. All right. Yeah, and let's remember, go. remember arrival to that micro factory um, technology that they have. I mean, that that video that we played during that interview, like that thing has the potential to just be massive going forward, you know? So this is one, yeah, that I'm not in and I, I wish I would have gotten in, you know, when I believed in this, but uh, definitely, you know, keeping this one on the watch list, but yeah, big jump today, as Mitch said, they, they are getting out there with some news, you know, and some announcements for the UK. So keep an eye out on arrival here. All right, let's keep going through here. Let's see what else we got here. I'm seeing a lot of people just want to talk about VGAC. So, hey, we don't ignore our chat. We see you out there, guys. We see you mentioning it like five, six times. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and start looking at it, at it for you guys here. Let's take a look. VGAC, what's been going on, Chris? Do you know anything? Yeah, so VGAC, you know, merging with 23andMe, um, I don't see a lot of new news out there. Um, this is one that, you know, really acted strange, right? Because the rumor came out that it was going to be 23 and me and it, it, it sold off, right? It didn't look that attractive to people. Then they announced the deal and it, it spiked, right? It took off. They got an appearance mm -hmm. on CNBC and all of a sudden everyone loved 23 and me. And then the other thing that everyone was watching was, Hey, this is a genomics company. I adds it to the genomics ETF. Well, so far, Kathy Wood has not touched this thing. And as we've seen with SPACs, she has a tendency to get in early. So, you know, I'm not saying she won't ever add this one, but I don't think it's a good sign that she hasn't taken an initial position yet. So to me, if you were holding VGAC, hoping for the Kathy Wood addition, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, you know, but they do have some exciting partnerships on some drug development out there because they have that massive database, right, of, uh, you know, user data. I, I think that's, you know, the key for growth going forward, but it may be a couple of years away. Yeah, you know, one thing I like that you mentioned was the genomics, and that's what I wanted to point out, guys. And that's some some of the fields that we're going to point out in Kathy and Kathy Woods and Arc Invest is looking to their technologies, you know, that they're going into and going after. This is how you go ahead and you try to get these on the cheap, you know. And one thing you got to look at is what I would look at, like a, a stock that's past the rumor or at past the merger date is you need to see where the bottom is all time, all time bottom, because I'm starting to feel like, Hey, if I can get them near that all time bottom and just risk right underneath it, it limits my risk profile. And it gives me a potential for the stock to get some buyers at the all time low and then let it come right back up. Um, perfect example on this chart here, guys. So a stock that had a rumor ripped out, and one thing you want to see is when you get these big pullback bars, was it the market that helped it pull back or was it the stock that got hit with a negative catalyst? That's the difference between a chart like VGAC and a chart like Clove. Clove was heading down and then got a negative catalyst on top of the negative action in the price action. This is a negative price action but a positive story. And so that's why stories can change in an instant. And this one, I, I really think that in the long run, you, you could see Kathy get into something like this. And so I'm not saying that they're in it right now, they're gonna attack it, but I can tell you, at least from my understanding and how she attacks by the dip moments, this could be one of those by the dip moments that she could be attacking. All right, guys, let's get into some other some other stocks, some of the ones that Kathy's looking in, and then we'll get back to some maybe some uh, kind of ticker time from the chat. I know there's a lot of tickers moving, a lot of people who want to talk about certain certain moves, whether it be Atlas, whether it be SEAH, whether it be Romeo. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about BNNGO. <laughs> no, no, no bingo here. No bingo here. No bingo here, um, but we'll get into some of these. Let's go ahead and unlock some specs here, Chris, and get into some of the Kathy Wood Arc Invest ones that they're looking at.
All right, Chris. So tell us what are you what is out there? What has been actually purchased? What hasn't? And where are the positions? Yeah, so Mitch, and if you want to pull up some of these charts here, so we're gonna walk through so ARC funds, right? There's several ARC funds out there, they all hit on different target areas. But Kathy Wood has been adding SPACs to the portfolio. You know, and again, we get those daily emails that show, you know, the buy and sell transactions within the funds, which does have a tendency to move some of these stocks higher. And the the one thing I pointed out in a prior article was that even if you follow Kathy into some of these SPACs on that first purchase, you you still end up, you know, positive, which may not be the case anymore with that dip that we took. But normally when she initiates a position, you know, it could be a good time. And again, you know, do your own due diligence, but she has a keen eye for growth. And, you know, when we have over 400 SPACs out there, the fact that she's adding, you know, 10 of these, those 10 may be the ones to, to take a harder look at. So up first, we have DraftKings. So ticker DKNG, um, you know, so DraftKings has been a recent purchase, right? So it is currently in ARC W ETF. That's the ARC Innovation. Um, so uh, it is position number 29. She owns 1.38 million shares worth $82 million, which represents 1.2%. And then DraftKings is also in ARCF, which is the FinTech um, ETF from the company. So in that ETF, they own 604.5,000 worth $37.6 million or 1% of assets. So DraftKings is one of, you know, a couple SPACs that is owned in uh, one ETF, which to me is a huge bullish sign. And listened to the ARC webinar yesterday, they were out with some more comments on, um, you know, the future of uh, sports betting. And then also, you know, Kathy Wood, when she did an interview with Benzinga's own Jason Rasnick, she highlighted DraftKings, you know, as one of the stocks to talk about that day. So, you know, the, the the company is very bullish, and one of the reasons is the technology platform. So so DraftKings, when they announced that merger, they also acquired SB Tech. So SB Tech is the thing behind the thing. It's kind of like a GAN, right, where it powers the sports betting platforms. So right now, DraftKings was using Camby, which is a Swedish company, but later this year, they're going to move over to their own platform. So what does that mean? They control the technology. They control the back end. So when DraftKings had problems before the Super Bowl with people placing their bets, that was Camby's fault. Now it will be on DraftKings, you know, to power their own technology. And the other thing, what does that mean? It helps with their margins, right? They're not paying out to another company, you know, for that back end support. They control it. So, you know, I think DraftKings definitely, as we've said on the show before, has a bright future. It's one of the leaders in the sports betting market and ARC, you know, betting big on it going forward. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead guys here and, and play a, a little snippet of yesterday's webinar from ARC Invest. Um, they went through this with certain analysts. So you're going to hear an analyst here um, and he's going to be talking about DKNG and also the sports betting world overall. Uh, one thing that you can clearly see, at least from the slide, they also talked about linear advertisement and how the advertisement dollars are, are going down. So let's go ahead and, and take a look here. Uh, I'm going to put myself on mute and play this. Ren, if you could go to the next slide is um and we think this is this is something to, to constantly be monitoring uh because of how important live sports are for the live and linear tv market um and what what we've noticed and we've you know kind of reading the tea leaves here that uh for the first time ever uh what we're witnessing is you now have uh streaming players with deeper pockets and more distribution than those players in the linear TV space. Uh, what do I mean by that? A company like Roku, uh, who just reported numbers, talked about how the number of households that the Roku TV operating system in is in is now twice that of the linear TV space. If you think about the reach of Apple, uh, Google, and Amazon, they reach more consumers than any linear TV player 
that's uh, still available today. Um, so we think with the reach that they have and with the deep pockets that they have, we could see one of these major sports leagues in the next few years make a massive shift, um, which would really shake things up uh, for the linear TV space and add a ton of value to connected TV. Just ending here, um, you know, we've talked about all this doom and gloom for the linear TV space. Um, just thinking about what's going to happen on the connected TV side. This is not just a domestic story. We actually believe that this is a global story for these players. Roku, the Trade Desk, Amazon, Disney, all of these players have a global opportunity, the likes of which the linear TV players, just given the nature of the business, having to lay cables, a lot of infrastructure costs did not have. Um, so with that, I'll just hand it back. Hey, you guys heard it there, guys. So um, let me go ahead and hit pause so that's not in my ear. But yeah, one thing that I'll be definitely paying attention to is how these digital platforms really move over to the, you know, the snippet of, of the cable, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, digital is the way, guys. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't know if you guys are still watching through a cord, but most majority of them are going to be streaming. Even one thing I noticed is that even major streaming providers like, or, or cable providers, like let's say Comcast, they have their own app now, their own streaming app. They know what the future is, guys. The future is we're going to stream cable. We're going to stream it. And, and so with that being said, you know, relationships like you see DKNG, uh, you know, get into with streaming providers is going to be very important. And also how those two will mix and how they bring in the aspect of, let's say, betting live or something like that. Yeah, I know, you know, you and I talked about it yesterday, Mitch, right? So DraftKings has that deal with Dish Network. So that's going to allow them to, to put the bets right up on the screen, right? So if you're a Dish Network customer, you have a DraftKings account, you can see all the betting options, you know, right there live on your screen. Um, you know, it will prompt you then to place the bets through your phone right now. And, and that's a story I'm watching. I, I do own shares of Fubo. We, we've talked about Fubo on the show, right? It was a uplisting last year. One of Mitch's, you know, hot picks down there in the dumps in the 10 to 11 range before that thing took off. Um, you know, so Fubo has a deal for sports betting too. And, you know, there could be a race here for these media companies to partner with, um, you know, sports betting companies. So, you know, is FanDuel next, right? Is BetMGM next? Does someone, you know, try to partner with, you know, Penn? get Barstool Sportsbook, you know, integrated into one of the, the streaming channels or the sports networks. So keep an eye out, you know, not just sports betting names, but also the, the media companies, you know, attacking the, the sports market. So, um, so turning past DraftKings, you know, another uh, big holding um, in SPACs for Kathy Wood is open. So ticker O-P-E-N. This is Open Door, um, which was IPOB at Shamath Palihaptia SPAC. So this one is also held in two different ETFs. So it is the number 16 position in ARC W with 6.3 million shares worth $135 million, 1.9% of assets. And then it's also number 16 in ARC F, 4.1 million shares, $88.3 million, 2.3% of assets. Um, I don't want to do a ton on Open Door because we just touched on that one. Um, you know, yesterday or the day before, but right, buying and selling houses online and through that open door platform, you know, is, is going to be a, a massive growth market going forward. So, you know, ARC getting ahead of the game here, having a large stake in open door. And then uh, we have skills, SKLZ. Uh, so this is in the ARC WETF, it's position 33. Um, she owns 3.1 million shares. That's almost $80 million, 1.1% of assets. And, and the thing I'll note here with skills was that they were just the recent, um, you know, attack of a short report. And even on that day when that short report came out, you know, ARC was adding to its position, right? You, you know, it didn't phase her, right? The long-term story of skills, the, the ability to, you know, do mobile gaming and, you know, wager or bet against uh, person to person. And they also have that partnership with the NFL, which is coming later on. They have some strong investments, um, including several sports leagues. 
So keep an eye out on skills. Um, you know, and this was one that was also owned in the the nerd ETF when we talked to Roundhill, and you know, they were very bullish on it going forward as well. And then we have CMLF. This is SEMA4. Um, so this is an ARCG, the ARC Genomics ETF. 4.2 million shares held, $66.9 million, 0.7% of assets. Um, you know, so again, genomics, right? Huge area of growth according to ARC funds. It could be the next, you know, revolutionary market. So we're seeing some of these stacks that have ties to genomics. Get, get added to ArcG right away. So CMLF was one that got added right away. And you can see that spike up, right? Like this thing took off on deal announcement, but then once it got added to the ARC funds, I mean, it, it really launched, which is that whole huge bar there um, falling back down, you know, on the last couple, uh, you know, the dip last week. So keep an eye out on this one. Cause again, you know, ARC has been adding to this position uh, increasing its weighting. So, you know, looks like they have, you know, a bull case going forward for CMLF. Then another one that's held in the ARC Genomics ETF is Butterfly Network. That's BFLY. This is one that they added very early on. Um, 4 million shares, $70.9 million, 0.8% of assets. This is one I've talked about a lot, right? And I've been very bullish on it from the start. You have Bill Gates backing it. You have Bailey Gifford, a noted Tesla investor, backing it. Um, you know, it's it's a ultrasound, uh, portable ultrasound on a chip, right? So instead of linking around this, uh, you know, huge equipment, you have a portable ultrasound, which can get you, you know, into more rooms and hospitals. You don't have to move stuff floor to floor. Um, it can also get you into emerging markets, right, and help out some of these you know, un underdeveloped countries where they don't have the, the huge ultrasound, you know, equipment. You can expand, you know, into, uh, you know, vet offices. You can expand, you know, into other areas that may not, you know, make those huge purchases for the, the big ultrasounds. So, you know, keep an eye out on BFLY. Um, you know, again, a, a long-term favorite of mine. I believe it was on my top 10 list for 2021. Um, but yeah, Kathy Wood has been increasing the position in that uh, former SPAC going forward. SPCE, so Virgin Galactic, uh, number 26 position in ARC-Q, which is the Autonomous and Robotic ETF, 1.7 million shares, that's $50.9 million, 1.6%. Uh, and I do own shares of SPCE and, you know, notable that uh, ARC was actually buying, um, you know, on that dip last week when it was announced that Chamath had sold out his personal stake, um, you know, and, and we'll get to it later. But that upcoming space ETF from ARC, um, I think SPCE is, you know, worth watching for the possible addition there as well, because the Fed already in an ARC fund, I think sets the company up well to be a prominent position in that ARC space ETF. And then we have uh, also in ARC-Q, we have EXPC. Um, so this is the Blade, right? The uh, Electric Vertical Takeoff and Landing Urban Air Taxi Company. Uh, 2.6 million shares held, $30.4 million, 0.9% of assets. Um, you know, there's been several of these EVTOL um, companies going public via SPAC. Um, and Kathy Wood has added a couple of them. Uh, so keep an eye out, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on this one. And then we also have another one to get to in a minute. But um, we do have up first, AONE is the ticker. The company is One Inc. is the um, SPAC. They're taking MarkForged public. So this is a 3D printing additive manufacturing company. Um, in ARC-Q, 1.4 million shares owned, that's $17 million, 0.5% of assets. And, you, you know, I pointed this one out when the deal was announced. And then also that next day, Kathy Wood added this, you know, on the day of the announcement. And she has added to that position, um, you know, several times. Uh, this one has huge customer base, right? Ford, General Motors, Tesla, um, you know, Lockheed Martin, I believe, Boeing. Uh, across several industries, they're, they're able to print, you know, 
different materials, um, you know, and really cut down on those manufacturing costs. So keep an eye out on AONE. And then we have Archer. So that's ACIC, um, you know, similar to Blade. It is a electric vertical takeoff and landing company. Uh, the number 43 position in ArcQ, 1.4 million shares, $15.4 million, 0.5% of assets. We had, um, you know, uh, one of the co-founders of Archer on the show uh, not too long talking about, you know, the urban air, uh, you know, mobility and also the, you know, Uber of the skies market. Um, so, again, ARC has invested in both Blade and Archer, um, you know, for exposure to that uh, EVTOL market. And then we have Desktop Metal. So, Desktop Metal, ticker DM is the one that kind of gets forgotten because it's in the, the 3D printing uh, ETF, which is owned by ARC, but it's not, you know, one of the main ones that, that ARC talks about all the time or even, you know, mentioned like right on the website. So the ticker is PRNT for that ETF, but Desktop Metal, ticker DM, does have a position in there. Um, you know, so keep an eye out on this one. Uh, you know, and uh, DM and AONE, very similar, but they also have some differences, um, you know, especially when it comes to valuation. So, you know, keep an eye out. So those are all the SPACs currently owned um, within the ARC ETFs. The other one I want to get to, um, you know, before we maybe touch on that space ETF and some commentary here is, is ticker CAPA. Um, so Kappa, this is a high CAPE acquisition corp. So they are taking Quantum C public. Um, so this company was also founded by uh, Jonathan Rothberg, the founder of Butterfly Network um, that we just talked about. So this is a, a sequencing and genomic company. And ARC Funds was actually involved in the pipe on the SPAC deal. So there isn't a lot of information out there about how much ARC invested or what their involvement really is. And they have been quiet on it. And also Kappa has not been added directly to any of the ARC ETFs, including ARC Genomics, right? But but the story here is that yesterday at that webinar, they actually highlighted Quantum C for the first time. So, so their genomics analyst um, uh, talked about it. And he said that Quantum C has a sequencing approach that could help improve speed and not having to use complex information algorithms. And he said improvements in semiconductor manufacturing is one of the ways to improve and unlock portions of the addressable market. So that was really the first time um, that I heard them talk publicly about um, Quantum C. Uh, it's part of their big ideas, talking about genomics and, you know, the semiconductor involvement there. So, so to me, I, I think they're in a quiet period since they did invest in the pipe, um, you know, and I do own shares of Kappa. And I think this one starts going higher. And it started moving yesterday, um, you know, on ARC mentioning it. And I think the story here is, you know, once it gets more and more known what ARC's involvement is and what that investment looks like, and maybe it ends up in the ARC Genomics ETF once they're able to, you know, add it. Um, but but even if it doesn't get added to the ARC Genomics ETF, this is, this is a hold for me, that, that sequencing technology the fact that it was founded by the same guy, um, you know, who founded Butterfly Networks, I, I think it's a great company um, in that market. So keep an eye on that one. Again, it's not currently in a ARC ETF, but after the comments yesterday, have to mention it on today's show. So, so what do you think, Mitch? You know, what stands out? Uh, you know, with the specs that ARC has selected. Um, you know, maybe before we dive into that that upcoming space ETF. Yeah, you know, one thing I, I would say is uh, I'll get into the space ETF and, and keep those stocks with that one. But definitely uh, Chris and I got into Kappa yesterday uh, based off of that webinar. We were watching it and I was really trying to determine even before I, I took that trade, I was looking for a, a potential to get in this one. Um, so just just to give you guys some insight and in, in where I got in. So it was funny. I stepped away from my computer for about five minutes. And in that five minutes, Chris texts me and he's like, yo, they mentioned Kappa. And I'm like, are you serious? I was watching this stock while I was going sideways through here, through the speech. And I'm like, when are they going to mention it? When are they going to mention it? All of a sudden I come back and I see this big old candle rip up the 1290s. You know, 
a, a lot of people right there would have probably bought the 1290s and, and, and would have just jumped into it. So what I did there is I know I didn't want to get 1290s, guys. So uh, I put out a big pullback level that I thought, hey, if I got filled, at least I wouldn't be too mad because I wanted the stock near this 1240s. So what I did was I, I put I extended my risk a little bit up. So I said I was going to risk about 40 cents. Let's go ahead and, and risk near about 60 70 cents on this trade and look for a, a good rip here. So when this one started pulling back, I put out an order around 1260s and I got actually filled at around 1266. And it wasn't the bottom of the pullback, but that's how I approached it and at least giving me an ability to get into that pullback. And now that it's ripped up, I can, you know, just hang out. This one had already gone to about 14. Um, and, and we'll see if it can kind of continues. You know, it did a little pullback. I'm going to let it continue going. I'm in this one for the long run, guys, just to give you guys some insight. I'm looking for a big move on this one. Uh, on the yearly, I would be looking for a move back up to 20, and then that's when I would be getting out of this one as it gets to the breakout. Um, I usually try to get out near the top of the resistance, and then if it continues going, well, so be it. But to me, that would be a, an awesome gain. That would be a 100% gainer, close to 100% gainer. We're talking about 70 80% gainer, and let's let's see what happens in kappa but let, let's get into what I, I know a lot of people want to talk about is the space etf what's going to happen when it, when could it come out i've heard the rumor it was mentioned also in the chat here that the earliest it could come out i think is the 29th of march am i correct with that chris at least that's, technically was that's the date i have circled on my calendar i actually have the day before that circled on my calendar but according to um, normal ETF practices is once they issue that filing with the SEC, there's a certain number of days before the ETF can launch. Um, so if you do the math, uh, March 29th is the date that I get. Again, that would be the earliest. So there's a chance it could launch you know, later after that. But the earliest it will launch, March 29th. Um, you know, so I think it's a good time, you know, since we're talking Kathy Wood, I, I've got those tickers there, Mitch, you know, if you want to put those up on screen, the, those are the space SPACs or the space related SPACs. And again, you know, the space market, there, there's tons of companies to choose from. And, and if you read the original filing that, that ARC put out, you know, it's not just limited to space companies or rocket companies. It could involve, you know, 3D printing companies. So, you know, maybe a desktop metal or a AONE also ends up. It could be satellites. It could be, you know, 5G companies, you know, using the space. So that ticker NPA up there, you know, is the 5G from space. Uh, so of these tickers, you know, full disclosure, I own SPCE, I own HOL, and I own SRAC. Um, so I already touched on Virgin Galactic a little bit. That one's already owned by ARC. Um, and also ARC has an affiliation with a, a Japanese company that has a space ETF. And Virgin Galactic is the largest holding in that ETF. So, so to me, I, I really think Virgin Galactic gets added. The, the questions I have is, you know, which other space backs are going to be included? You know, so uh, what, do you, what do you think, Mitch? Um, I know aside from the SPACs, you've been looking at some other satellite companies. But, but what do you think, um, you know, with the space ETF? So with the space ETF, I think it's all about timing, you know, and, and, and what prices she's going to be grabbing. You know, if she's if she's grabbing prices on this pullback, then, yeah, that would be the best time. But of course, it's not out right now. So we, we need to watch the environment and what prices these stocks are at near the level when it comes out, guys. So that's that's one thing I definitely keep an eye out, because let's say if it comes out and they're near the support. Oh, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in because millions of dollars can end up flowing through these specs. And so that right there, that volume, that amount of, of money could really move these stocks. But one thing I don't want to see is if the stocks are near that high, near that resistance. Yeah, it could go up a little bit more, but you also have that floor to fall through. And that's something that I definitely pay attention to. Um, now, to talk about specifics. All right. So, guys. There's a couple of these that I would be like no-brainer to me. No-brainer to me is going to be HOL, SRAC, and NPA. Why? Because I just feel like those have the best 
business strategies and they're trying to focus on certain areas in space versus be a complete overall space company. And, and, and so let's take a, a real close look at HOL. I like where it's at on the chart and that's why I'm going to bring this one up right now. And, and let's take a look here. I'm going to put it up on the chart here and, and look, look at this pullback, guys. You're getting a pullback closer towards this resistance towards the 1130s. That's when you got this big dip on the 5th of March. And man, that would have been maybe the price to target. But I mean, that's that's a little bit hard to get in there. It, it was a really quick dip. And the next day it was already up over 12. That kind of shows you that that level right there isn't a bad level to go off of because if something can immediately recover that level, that shows that the price volume there actually was bigger and, and could increase. So uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I like this one near kind of the 1250s to $12 so that you can get a look back up towards, let's say, 22 or 24 on a breakout. But definitely HOL, I like this one in the long run. Um, and and we'll, we'll take an eye on it. Now, to, to go into one that I, I, I'm not too big of a fan, and, and it, it hurts to say it sometimes, you know, I, I don't like to go against Chris, but sometimes we are. We're going to have different opinions. Right. And, and then that's what the show is really about, guys, is that we're each just kind of giving what we think about certain stocks and how we can make, you know, wealth off of this, really. And, and so to me, SPCE, I just see it as a, as a losing battle for Kathy and as a losing battle for a lot of retail investors. Why? Because in my eyes, I just feel that consumers are going to see this uh, as kind of a gimmick in the long run. Um, in, in my eyes, I think that. You know, this is this is going to be this is going to be space travel. And, and and to think about it, I just don't see people paying up the price tag to get into uh, a stock like this. But can it does it have potential? I mean, it went up to 60. It definitely has potential. But the question is, will they be able to succeed in what they want to do in the long term? And, and we're talking really long term here, guys. It's not not we're not talking about next three weeks. We're talking about long term. And to me, uh, I just I personally have always compared this stock with the stock that I feel is the leader in space, which is Max R. And I know someone mentioned that in the chat there. So definitely a shout out whoever mentioned that. But this one's not a spec, but at least in my eyes, the leader in the space. Unless SpaceX comes out. Uh, I, I take a look at this one to tell me how the space race is doing and how we're going to continue moving. So one thing I, I noticed is that this one, when it first got on my radar, guys, when, when we popped through this $10 level, and then what ended up happening is there were so many government contracts down near these $12, $16 level, and that gave it a, a bottoming, a floor. And so to me, I look in space where I can get government contracts. That's what stands out, guys. If it ain't government contract, I ain't even taking a look because consumers can always pull their money back. But governments and that yearly contract, I think that one gets paid out. And that's why I stick with Maxar. And guys, I know someone brought it up in the chat. And Mitch, uh, I gave you the wrong ticker. Uh, so it's not VTAQ. It's VACQ is the um, Rocket Lab space back out there um so yeah you know and, and and mitch is on with that spce right is the the passenger space industry you know how high can that go so for me with, with virgin galactic i'm hoping you know they they do have a, a flight coming up this year with uh the italian um space agency that will actually bring in revenue and that'll take you know some people to space you know for a space mission so, so can they replicate that? Can they, you know, move past just the passenger space travel? Um, and also, you know, are they going to go into, you know, hypersonics, uh, you know, flights, which is also another area of growth that Kathy Wood has talked about. So, you know, maybe space or SPCE can move past just space travel. But, you know, good points brought up there by Mitch. Again, I own SPCE, um, you know, but yeah. So the space ETF, it's very exciting. Um, we'll be hitting on it again, of course, as it gets closer and then also once it launches. So we just wanted to bring you some SPACs, um, you know, to keep on your radar that could be added there. And then again, we talked about those SPACs that Kathy Wood and ARC Funds 
already owned. So uh, I know it's noon, so we're getting ready to wrap. So uh, uh, tomorrow on the show, we do have another interview. Uh, we'll be talking um, with the executives. We're looking at ticker GIX, um, which is bringing up health uh, public via SPAC deal. Um, and I know that uh, that vote deal is coming up soon. So we'll really be diving in, you know, looking at what the company has in store in the future. So as always, guys, stay tuned, stick with SPACs Attack, bringing you those exclusive interviews. Um, smash the like if you have not, share our video and stay tuned. We've got Power Hour coming up next. And, and you know, speaking of uh, space SPACs, uh, you know, we've got this space-related SPACs Attack shirt in our merch store. The link is below in the video description. So um, we'll catch you tomorrow, though. Otherwise, what else, Mitch? Hey guys, like always, definitely stick with us. We're going to be coming out with some brand new content working into the evening. So if you guys want some more entertaining stuff on Benzinga, let us know what you want to see. You know, one thing we want to do is give you guys education, but we also want to entertain you guys. We want you guys to have fun. So smash the like button, hit the subscribe bell below, and we'll see you next time, guys, on the SPACs Attack, baby.